Hello, good morning. Welcome to a doctor and a lawyer walk into a podcast. It is April 29, 2023. I am Dr. Blom coming at you from Texas. With me, as always, is my esteemed colleague, excellent friend, Sean Esquire. Hello, everyone. I'm glad we got the date right there at the beginning, Dr. Blom. I always forget it, so good good save. Nailed it. I put the rubber band on my wrist so I can always remember. <laughs> We've got uh, we had a little a little break between last episode and this episode. Yeah, you're um you were off. You had some vacation time. Where'd y'all go? I, I oh, did Arizona. a getaway. Yeah, I went out to the desert, and uh, that was great. And uh, got a ATV a Raptor. This amazing little ATV thing went up in the mountains over the rocks, and it was it was great. I had a blast good food just uh nothing nothing major just chillaxing so that was, was great it, was it just y'all with the atv or there other other raptor atvs like in a convoy no so that's the great thing they're just they just said hey here you go go have a blast and, the, and then <laughs> don't off you, kill off yourself <laughs> off you go for the day well here's here's how they get you they they're very like right out of the gates uh hey if anything happens uh fifteen hundred dollar deposit Blah, blah, blah. If you hey, if you flip it, it's fifteen hundred to Paul. Hey, don't bang up the ATV as you're going over rocks and through the through the desert. It's gonna be fifteen hundred dollar deposit. So when we got back, we got back. I think something like five ten minutes to spare. And I was worried because I got lost in the mountains. Uh, <laughs> I, I get lost in my own hospitals, by the way. And that's it's not my it's not my strength directions. Then we made it back just in time. The guy, another guy, got there right before us. And I could just see he was fuming. So I think he had rolled his. It was a little dented up. And I could hear him talking <laughs> to the guy saying, he said, so I guess worst, worst case scenario, I'm just out 1500 bucks." And the guy was like, yeah, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's what you literally signed up for. And I was just thinking, oh, thank God I didn't. Because there, there were some moments there where I thought, oh, no, we're going we're gonna to go down. <laughs> Not so much like, oh no, I'm going to break my neck. It was just like, oh, I don't want to pay fifteen hundred dollars for this thing. I wonder so, if I wonder if he showed back up with like a, a rolled dented one, but you also had an arm snapped off. If they would still charge you the deposit or be like, even Steve, we'll even just Steven. call it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, oh, it was it was a blast. I had a great time, and it was <laughs> it wasn't really on my radar. Like, oh, the, the desert really gorgeous at night. It's fantastic. So highly recommend. Yeah, it was it was really great. They grow Phoenix wine was... out there or grow grapes. Yeah, so they have wineries, but I'm not really a desert Arizona wine guy. No offense to the Arizona wine people. I just I fell in love with Oregon wine years ago. I think Oregon is getting it done as far as Pinot Noirs go. I'm just in drama. I, I like reds. I like bold reds. So I know everyone's Gaga over Napa Napa Valley and all that, but. Oregonians, they uh, they are getting it done as far as bold reds are concerned. So I, I had some wine out there. It was it was all right. It's nothing to blow my hair back. I'm I'm just an Oregonian wine guy. Sorry, Arizonian wine folk and Texas wine folk, huh? Oh, that is a that is tough. That is that is a tough thing. I I'm just not a Texas wine expert, so I don't think I can comment on Texas wines. But I do love Oregonian wines. Man, I know and this I'm is not... kind of a tangent. I saw this video on TikTok of this sommelier competition. Um, this guy was like French, and they had like four 
glasses of wine. I think they were all whites, or at least two were whites. I remember that. And uh, like he tells you what vineyard, like mm. what year, and I'm just like, how in the hell can I, I? I guess I don't have the taste buds to be able to. Those guys discern. are amazing. Those guys are like rocket scientists. Absolutely, I watched. I think there's three of them. I've I've seen the three the three Psalm movies about all the stuff they go through, and it's insane that all the the tastings and the they have little jars of yep. cinnamon and cum and uh, cumin, and so they can just get that burn Figure that into out. the brain, yeah, and then they and then they know. Uh, so it's that is that is crazy pants to me that level of knowledge based on on any of that. I would like to get that way like nachos i'd be like oh yeah this is uh this is the third street nachos tuesday delicious so, <laughs> i think i could i could maybe get there on nachos yeah i it fascinates me i can do it with like coke and pepsi i could tell you the difference but that'd be the, about the, it. the, the, the coke challenge mm-hmm. i've got i'm i am happy i've only got a handful of mayacopas from the last episode I want to say I'm sorry that I called Passover High Holiday. It's not High Holiday. High Holiday are the are the fall. It's 420. Uh, right. That's the highest of, of holidays. <laughs> so Passover is not a, is not one of the high holidays. Sorry about that. And then we talked about Nirvana's song that I called My Girl just because, you know how when you hear a chorus, you just assume that's the name of the song? Mm-hmm. It's not. The name of the song is Where Did You Sleep Last Night? That That makes more sense. That's the best Nirvana acoustic song, best Nirvana rock song, Drain You, maybe? Uh, oh, I said something about McNamara. He died in 09. And then I mentioned Joel, Joel Hale on that new show that I like, Animal Control. It's Joe, Joel McHale. So, yeah, don't forget it. He's Irish. or yeah. Don't forget the Mick. Right, the Mick part. Those are my mea copas, so not a lot on my end. I'm maybe I'm getting. Look at how good I do when I don't podcast after twelve beers. I also I, I had none, Doctor Blom. Uh, once I don't again, believe that. Uh, <laughs> you always say that. <laughs> I, if you don't go back to review, you'll never have a mistake. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, I get it. Yeah, that's that's the loophole. Mm-hmm. Legal one hundred and one. So la- <laughs> last time, well, yeah, that's deniable plausibility that's like the last hundred years of legislation and uh, and invading countries illegally you had made this uh mexican stew thing last time the geese i am yeah i am in the sa area this week and i want to give a plug to this amazing amazing place called taco or taco t-a-k-o they're in the med center so I refer to the Med Center SA as uh, downtown, downtown Med Center. Anyway, there's this amazing place. I can go there after work and have a beer. Amazing tacos. I, I love that place. So highly recommend. And they have, sometimes they have my favorite Mexican soup is the caldo de res. Love it. It's amazing. It's You know it's a good soup when you leave it out or you know you have it in the fridge and it collects that like inch of fat. Oh yeah, that's that's how you know, man. Yeah. Like, this is this is not health food. Can I can hear my 
arteries crying. <laughs> please, please don't eat that. Like, oh, I'm gonna. I ordered four of them. So, uh, yeah. That's how, that's how my chicken noodle soup comes out when I home make it. Oh, yeah. That's the secret ingredient. You know, grandma, grandma style. You're like, grandma, what's the secret ingredient? Lard. I'm like, Lard. okay. <laughs> that, makes, that makes sense. Uh, the other thing I wanted to to mention for it's kind of meals of the week only because I've been away from home for a while. I, I went away for vacation and then kind of hit the floor running and it's been busy since I got back. So one of the things, this, this is a throwback to the bachelor days and the bachelor days, as you know, is about fast and cheap and, and uh, doable food. So one of the things that survived my bachelor years that I do on the road is just uh, black beans, garbanzo beans, and Rotel. So, and anything you get out of a can, make sure to get low salt, low sodium. That's really the the biggest problem with most canned things is they just they salt the hell out of it. And it's been a good portion of well, I spent a good portion of my life trying to avoid sugar, salt, and fat. Uh, but when I do want some fat, it's amazing Mexican soup, amazing Mexican food. So. Yeah, quick, quick, easy meal, whether you're on the road or whatever for anyone, black beans out of a can, shuck it in a Tupperware, a minute or two in the microwave, then the Rotel, put it in there, mix it up, microwave, two minutes, and then garbanzo beans. I used to make it with rice. Uh, I try to limit my carbs these days to mostly beer, and I try to not eat a lot of rice. Um, A pasta, I've got just... I, I will get I will get crazy with pasta when I need to, but that's my that's my take on it. So you're looking for something quick and easy and cheap, black beans, garbanzo beans, Rotel. So just t- one one Tupperware, four four minutes and maybe four bucks. You ever made a saffron rice? I have not. I I am embarrassed to admit that I only recently, in the last couple of years, discovered cilantro rice. And I thought, wow, where have you been all my life? Okay. Saffron rice, because I make this when I make Persian food. Uh, I'm not Persian, but if I make, you know, lamb shank or kubide. Uh, so saffron, you know, it's like more expensive than gold, like mm. by, the, by the gram. I don't it's, understand why it's so crazy. It's, it's how they produce it. So it's made from a specific flower. Uh, they have them in Iran. They have them in Spain. But it's like the the pistil of the flower, so the, the part that sticks up, I guess, that the pollen things are on. They have to collect each one of those from each flower. I think a flower might have three at most. But so they, they got to hand pick these pistils out of the flower, and then they dry them, and they sell them to you in these little bitty jars. But it'll it could be like, you know, a thousand flowers just to get this, like, pinch full of saffron and so when you make the rice you only use about three of them and you put them in some warm water and that the spice kind of mixes with the water and then you mix that with your rice and it gives it that orange tint because the the pistol is red when it's dried out so i've had some with with, i've had some with pasta many many years ago i I don't remember it but it's like is it tangy it's not spicy it's not spicy. It's ju- it's just a great flavor, good aroma too. When you're actually making it, you put it in like the yeah. boiling water or 
really, really hot, warm water, and it starts releasing the, the, the scent, the aroma. You get this. I, I don't want to spend all that money just so that my kitchen smells nice. I've got <laughs> Glade. I got Glade plugins for that. I don't need. I don't need eighty dollars for, you know, point one gram of of saffron. Well, you're gonna have to try it sometime. I'll next time I come to Austin, I'll bring some. We'll have to make it. Uh, yes, I'm excited. All right, Doctor Blom. Nope. No other, no other, no other meals from your end. Oh no, I had crap meals this week. I have been like Good. court to court to court to court, so it's literally right. like, what's the healthiest fast food I can grab on the run and make it to the courthouse? No, it's... I get it. That's what I told. I told you, black beans, garbanzo beans, and rotel. Quick, easy, cheap. I don't have so... a hotel room. I can just drop in though. I need that, I guess. You don't need to do that. You could just do it in the Tupperware. Just surprise the wife one day. Be like, I made bachelor food. She'll love, she'll love it. Oh, I put I put garlic and, and Cholula and stuff in there, by the way. It's not just that. So, okay. uh, All right. Well, we, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. When we come back, we've got product reviews. We've got, no, we got a book. We got a way to take. We have one there other segment. Oh, yes. Oh, here we go. You I'm can't sorry. forget beer of the day. Here we go. What do you got, Doctor Bomb? Tried and true. I'm, yeah, tried and true. I'm on the road. I I will say, I I love a lot of things about SA. I, I love the culture. I love the spirit. The food is amazing. The uh, the beer selection around the HEBs, the local grocery stores, not so great. I went to two or three grocery stores the other day because I really wanted some Sam Adams, and plenty of Negro Modelo. That's fine. Sometimes I sometimes I want a Negro Modelo. I just couldn't find anything outside of the garden variety domestics and the Bud Lights and the Miller Lights. and the uh, So I ended up with a lot of Shiner this week. It's not the worst thing in the world. But SA, especially downtown SA area, come on, guys. Some Sam Adams. I don't need Sean, I don't need Sean Esquire's Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity IPA <laughs> explosion. I don't need all that. But maybe some – I'm always looking for Ambers. They're hard to find, so – I went with a, got... a new one this week. It's called the uh, Zenos Pale Ale. It's crafted and brewed out of Magnolia, Texas. Oh, which... yeah. How many how many mangoes and strawberries are in that thing? This is a it's just a pale ale. It doesn't have any fruit stuff in it. It's by Lone Pint Brewery. Uh, what I do like about this beer is it gives you a nice saying near the top of the lid that says, "Now it's okay to drink alone." So, shout out to uh, Lone Pint Brewery. They, I mean, if it's on the if it's on a can, that's pretty much they support like a, alcoholics. Like, like a <laughs> why would they put it on a can if it's not true? Right? Yeah, that's just asking so, for legal issues. So that's a, that's IPA. It's all hoppy and stuff and weird. It just says pale ale. It doesn't say Indian pale ale. Maybe oh, it's, there's a big difference. TPA is, Texas pale ale. Is it crazy hoppy or? No, it's not. Not crazy hoppy. It's pretty good. But but you like hoppy. I do. Sometimes. Yeah. I like hoppy. I like fruity. And <sighs> then I like my triple hops brewed Miller Lite, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Amber beer. Beer should taste like beer. That's that's me. Mm-hmm. I'm dependable. I'm not boring. There you go. All right. Now we can take our break. <laughs> okay. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. And we are back. Welcome back to A Doctor and a Lawyer Walk Into a Podcast. 
We are coming up on our product review segment for the week, for the couple last couple of weeks. I had mentioned earlier that I went to Arizona, went out to the desert for a getaway, and my favorite part of the trip was the ATV Raptor. Just take this AV, ATV up into the mountains, up into the, the desert, over the rocks. It had... I, I, I splurged. I did for the for the turbo package for the Ooh. you know ultimate black vulture four thousand. I don't know all. That. It was <laughs> it was I think something like twelve hundred cc's. It's like at least a thousand cc's. It was the one that we went through all of the the turbo deluxe golden eagle Sasquatch package whatever. And so uh, that one that one was fantastic. And I thought oh this thing is kick ass. And I had a, oh it had a had a radio with real speakers and a real gps and it was i thought oh i gotta i gotta get me one of these and start looking them up they're like 40 grand like why is this as much as, wow. as a car yeah yeah no, that they're, they're easily easily 20 grand 20 30 grand and so i can see okay. why they're 1500 bucks in for a new door it's not bad shit shit load of fun right it was just it was great yeah and then at the so we did three big trails there was uh, one which was standard. There was one which was crazy rocky. And then the third one was just right. It's like a Goldilocks situation. And the third one was, you know, a little bumpy. You go up and then you had this very scenic end of the day down the mountain. But when you go down and like you said, they just give it to you and off you go. There's no map. There's a GPS. You can follow that kind of. But once you get up there, the GPS is like, I don't know where you are. <laughs> so, so at the end of the day, we ended up on the other side of the mountain. I would think I was like, 10 miles out of town and these things aren't race cars i think they put a governor on them so they really they max out like 40 miles an hour ish so the last 10 minutes of the day i just got on the highway and drove <laughs> drove nine ten miles into town <laughs> i was on the other side of the mountain just cruising down the highway like okay well maybe the cops won't notice <laughs> that thing it looks fun i saw the, the video you sent it looks so like a good, lot of man. Oh, so I've done I've done you know four wheelers on the beaches of Oregon. That's one of the one of the best days of my life ever. Just had amazing wine and went down to the beach and and tore ass up and down the beach, and then and then went out to the sand dunes. So mm -hmm. I love give me. I'm a simple man. Give me a high powered ATV and some awesome uh, sand dunes. People are like, oh, did you, did you catch wicked air? I'm like, no, man. It's, I'm just you know I'm cruising. I'm I'm hauling ass everywhere. So uh, if there I'd be was some worried I'd break my neck or something. Scary moments. There were some definitely very, very thin. You couldn't even call them roads. They were like trails. Oh, and there's people out there with, with real deal Jeeps, like full on Jeeps that are out there. Uh, plus, it was just absolutely gorgeous. We had a lot of really absolutely gorgeous days. Perfect time of the year, by the way. April for Arizona, not too hot. The The nights get very cold. Definitely bring a sweater with you because once that sun goes down, it's cold. And the other thing I'll tell you about Arizona and all that area, I mean, we did uh, Flagstaff and Sedona and all that. Um, the locals all got together and they basically decided, hey, it's 8 p.m., go to bed. So <laughs> there's not there's not really a lot going on like 8-ish, 9 -ish. We found an Irish bar that had been grandfathered in and they were allowed to stay open until 1 in the morning or whatever. But there was a lot of places that were just like, hey, it's a... It's, uh, Sun's going down. You you need to go to bed. And like, I'm not ten. It's not it's not bedtime. So 
uh and then when and then when the sun goes down there's a bazillion stars and it's gorgeous so if i don't get a raptor atv 4000 deluxe black vulture black sasquatch right, yeah, 4000 yeah then uh then I'll, I'll get some kind of four-wheeler something amazing and i see those people in the er all the time with like broken broken backs and stuff i'm like oh that won't happen to me i'm gonna i'll, I'll be <laughs> i'll be okay so yeah it's one of my dreams is to have some kind of badass atv and take it on the, the sand dunes in in oregon is just that's one of my favorite things ever get a get a dune buggy and go out there that's been is great this, is this all public land or can you just buy your own sand dune no i mean there's people out there yeah okay. so you just go yeah it's just public oregon is very the last great frontier you know they legalized meth all kinds of stuff here's one of my here's my one of my favorite things about oregon they're like, oh yeah, we legalized meth and we we legalize all these drugs and all this stuff. And when I when I go, sometimes I'll rent a jeep, uh, and then I go down to the beach. I'm like, I want to take the the jeep up and down the beach like Goonies. And they're like, oh, whoa, 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 hey, hey, no, cannot take a jeep up and down the beach. All right, we're not we're not wild animals. I'm like, you guys have legal meth. You can buy <laughs> you can buy meth, but I can't take a jeep up and down the beach. So. <laughs> you don't you don't want to get a puncture from the crack pipe. You gotta draw the line somewhere, buddy. Like, okay, <laughs> so yeah, I'm that that is one of my most zen things ever. Awesome four wheeler in the the sand dunes, things like that. So that yeah, great. I had a blast. Good product review. Um, I have more of a rant. I want to get on the topic of these tumblers. So I've got. You know, a Yeti. I've got a couple Yetis. I've got a lowball Yeti. They're all kind of expensive. I think what's the Yeti's like thirty bucks. Well, the wife just bought some new tumbler from this company called Stanley. I think it's like must be like a real housewife thing. I have no idea. The thing costs forty five dollars for this damn cup. Oh yeah. I I don't understand what yeah. is forty five dollars in this cup. There's people out there that pay $5,000 for high heels. Yeah. There's it all doesn't make of, sense. Right. So in Austin, they have the Yeti headquarters thing right over there by the bridge, by the way. That's prime real estate right by the bridge where everybody goes and looks at the bats. Oh, yeah. The, by the, the South Four Con Seasons. South, South Congress Bridge, right by the Four Seasons, all that. Uh, let, let's go look at the bats and the... So the Yeti, I don't know if it's the headquarters or the flagship store or whatever is over there. I've been there a few times. They serve beer. It's not great beer. But then you just walk around and look at all their crap and, uh, hey, here, here's a $300 cooler. I'm like, mm -hmm. you, get, you guys know. three beers. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't get it. And plus, on top of that, beer and all that stuff, none of that stuff is a status symbol. No one is is thinking like, hey, check out my – my fruit punch IPA. Check out my two thousand dollar koozie. I don't know. Maybe the rap guys are like rap guys like to like to bling out their sneakers and their phones and their remote controls, and whatever. So I don't know, but I am very anti spending money on things that that don't need to be expensive. I'm I'm very much a less is more kind of guy. Yeah, I, I think that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. I also, I own I own zero tumblers. There's that. So I, oh. I drink beer. I drink beer out of cold glasses. The tumblers like on the go. This is a this is a it's not yeah, a coffee thing. 
it's got a you know the lid and, and the right. St- stanley one's got a lid with the hole with the straw so you gotta yeah. wash the straw you gotta wash the I, cup i i don't need a lid i'm not a three-year-old i know how to drink <laughs> the this, si- sippy cup lid this yeah you've got a you got a 50 dollars sippy cup for a grown man to drink beer out of i don't i don't understand this conversation at all yeah so anyway that apparently is is the trend going around so if you see a stanley cup you know somebody overpaid for a cup that's the yeah. gist of it right people do that with water bottles too people do that with all kinds of crap they, they get they get suckered in is that so pe- people will see you and they're like that guy is a badass oh my god he must have a yacht is that what the <laughs> is that how see, it works i've got i've got a bucky's one right here next to me uh with my water in it. Now I will say this. I like the idea of a tumbler keeps ice cold, keeps your drinks cold or hot, whatever you're doing. And I feel a little bit better cause I'm not wasting a bunch of like plastic water bottles. Uh, so I feel like, you know, I'm doing my part to help the environment, but $45. That's like <laughs> insane. You're really helping the economy at that point <laughs> more than the environment. I drink I drink beer almost strictly out of cold glasses, no matter where I go. I'll take I'll tell the bar, hey man, give me a cold glass, uh, and then I drink my coffee. Well, I've got my to go cups for my coffee. I got my skull, my skull guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I got my my Marvel. I got my nerd my nerd cups. So those have lids because coffee's hot. You know, you don't want to burn your lap. With what? You know, I know I know we've talked about you used to drink Belgian stuff too. Whenever mm. I would go to like the little pub and you'd get like a Maritsu ten, they would always give you that, that little like shaped glass, almost like a snifter, but larger. But those were never chilled. That was just Yeah. Like, there beer. was one there's a couple in particular that you don't know. You're like a like a dunkel. There's mm-hmm. some of those. They'll they'll bring you out this uh sort of like this flask from the 1800s like here's your beer sir like what's going on i just wanted a beer i'm not trying to discover the periodic table of elements what's going on so there's a few of them there's one in particular it has a whole situation it has like this a wooden this wooden thing and the beer goes in a hole and then it's it's oh man I can't, i'm blanking on the name but uh there's a place called world of beers they have a bunch and then there's Flying Saucer, which I know you're yeah. familiar with. Flying Saucer, Dallas. There's one in SA. There's one right across the lake from me. Yeah, yeah. No, that one's great. I love that one. Um, so yeah, every now and then you order beer and they bring you some some weird contraption. But I, I like I like a cold glass with my beer and my coffee on the go is, is usually my cup so nothing nothing too fancy on my end tumblers <laughs> they bring you the contraption and set it all up and then you just grab the bottle and just drink out of it <laughs> i am just i am just blanking blanking on that name but yeah there's certain beers that you order at beer places real beer places like flying saucer and, and you don't know they just bring you this science experiment you're like, all right <laughs> well let's get into uh this week in history it looks like your notes it was pretty busy week dr bomb oh great great week for history and also i apologize i thought we were gonna we're gonna get like a trumpet we gotta we gotta get our sound effects going on we are very oh history time there it is explosion eagle eagle soaring uh 
but soon enough we we are two episodes away from being the wacky radio am crew idiots with the <laughs> they'll do a horn from the 1920s <laughs> like a car a car horn from the 1920s uh-huh. a lot <laughs> a lot of sprong sprung youngs we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll be those guys in no time great week in history um april 23 1975 president ford he said hey vietnam war that's done he was the auto manufacturer ford also said it was over right maybe yeah i bet you that there was a race that the the auto guys were like we said it first we did it first he's running he's ford said it was over (laughs) we did it we did it first Uh, so yeah he was he was for whatever reason he made the announcement at tulane university it's not the the garden outside of the white house he's like oh yeah uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not. Things aren't going great in Vietnam, so it's over. We're gonna call it a draw. Basically, <laughs> it's not. It's not a loss. I know. I gotta hear how that speech went down. Oh, like, de- definitely. Which... We need like. I apologize to everybody that we're not more professional. We should have a soundbite. We should have a soundbite. The from United, that. the the war in Vietnam is over, and everyone's like, yeah, and it's like we're just leaving it's yeah he said today this is april 23 1975 today america can regain the sense of pride that existed before vietnam but it cannot be achieved by refighting a war so that you know i think he i think he he nailed it so at that time saigon was being surrounded there's that famous footage of everybody getting on the helicopter very very reminiscent of afghanistan so Mm -hmm. there's there's also that i would i would love to hear eventually we will get a vietnam guy or a few vietnam guys and 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 ladies to come give us their take because we've we've spoken many times about did we need any of that was any of that necessary at all the the whole vietnam quote-unquote conflict and so we we love to hear about Vietnam, all of that. And one day it was just, it was over. The other thing I know I've mentioned before that, oh, the U.S. lost Vietnam. The U.S. lost 50,000, 55,000 troops in Vietnam. Vietnam themselves, something like, it's well over a million. So, wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people say like, oh, the oh, the U.S. lost. That's not a definitive win, by the way. I know the objectives weren't met and all of that. I guess they were supposed to shut down the Ho Chi Minh Trail and God knows what else. But when you when your casualty numbers are that that much of a vast, yeah, (laughs) disproportionate share, exactly. Then that's not a clear win. So also. April 25, 1990, Hubble went into orbit. That's cool. When I think about Hubble, I think about all the problems it had. And I think about back in the 90s, I don't know if you remember this, there were people that were calling in, literally calling into NASA with their solutions. One of, one of the ones I remember was was a, like a good old, a bunch of good old boys were like, oh, I'll, I'll help these NASA guys out. They were gonna, they were gonna throw fishing rods in, in space. Because you know, you, <laughs> 
Well, it's weightless, so you could just hook it with a fishing rod, reel that four-ton Hubble, reel it in, and mm-hmm. then fix all the mirrors and all that stuff. So I'm glad that we have James Webb now. Huge James Webb uh, satellite telescope fan. Uh, I know he had a lot of controversy on his end, but space nerds, I'm I'm with you uh, a thousand percent. Definitely, I always want to hear about space news. Trucking along, April 25, 1950, Chuck Cooper, first black basketball NBA draft. Who oh. who picked up uh, who picked up Chuck Chuck Cooper back in 1950? Sean Esquire, Boston Celtics. There you go. What? Yeah. Dee, dee, a, lot of, dee, dee. Oh. <laughs> a lot of people have things to say about Boston, but they got they got Chuck Cooper, and eventually they got they got Larry Bird. So mm-hmm. they've done they've done a couple things right in their in their day. But a high five to 1950 Boston Celtics for getting for getting Chuck Cooper, and forever changed the game. He I don't know if you know this or not. His first game he scored 200 points. Forever changed the game of basketball, right? They saw saw the dunk. It's like the first black guy shows up and just dominates. Destroys everyone. <laughs> no one had ever scored 200 points in a, in one quarter until <laughs> until Chuck Cooper showed up. And, and they were like, oh, shit. We, be- we better figure out how. Shout out how to, to Chuck uh, Cooper. He's like, this is a layup. Mm-hmm. Blue blue mines from coast to coast. Thank you, Chuck Cooper. April 26, 1865. One of my favorites. Why well, not one of your favorites? Uh, Civil War history. John Wilkes Booth died. They tracked yes. him down to the farm, set the farm on fire, and then uh, I think he was willing to go down in the in the farm. Waco Gar- style. Garrison's Garrison's farm, I think. Anyway, they shot they shot him, so it was on fire, and he was like, "Ah, oh, I'm not coming out." And they're like, "Well, we'll we'll shoot you anyway." And they shot him. He proceeded to live for three hours. Are you familiar with the conspiracy theory that he got away? Do you know that one? I don't. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries did a did a did a thing about it way back in the day. I don't know if you're an Unsolved Mysteries fan. I'm a huge Unsolved Mysteries fan. I've watched all of them. Yeah, I watched uh, I catch them here and there I, when Netflix picked it up. And I don't know how many seasons they have on Netflix, but... They... Robert Stack, man. He's the man. The voice and the music. It used to creep me out when I was a kid. I was just like... Yeah. But you also, you couldn't you couldn't look away. The, his voice and the music, the hair would stand up, you know? Mm-hmm. On, uh, and, then you're, and then you're like, well, I'm going to watch it anyway. It's so like when you hear a... the intro music to Halloween... It's like that yeah. same, like, yeah, creep, creep you out. Well, that was like, you know, back then it was like, oh, I'm going to go to the kitchen and make a pizza and just, <laughs> just skip, <laughs> skip that part. So yeah, there's a whole conspiracy that John Wilkes Booth actually got away. And there is a place in Granbury, Texas, mm-hmm. which supposedly is one of the places where he was on his deathbed. He confessed all this stuff to a lawyer about uh, how he had gotten away Another guy had gotten shot, and they thought it was John John Wilkes Booth, and they're like, "We got him." And meanwhile, he got away. So it's a you know, like a lot of conspiracies that we talk about. It's a fun story. I don't really buy it. I, I think they got him, but also there's always that. Well, this is the official government story, so who knows? 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry, government. I would believe you more if things like JFK and Vietnam and Watergate and Iran Contra and all the things that we talk about hadn't happened. I would just be like, well, that's the official story. So <laughs> one day we will cover the John Wilkes Booth got away conspiracy. April 26, 1986. Oh, big day. What did, What happened? Was it an explosive day? It, was... Some might say if you lived in Kiev. Uh, this was the day that the Chernobyl nuclear power plant facility uh, exploded on itself. Things went, something happened. Words it, were said, things went, things went wrong. <laughs> things so, went wrong. So yeah, I think it was, I think it was the night of the 25th they were running tests. This might be one of those things where it's like, is it on their, their, their 25th or the U.S. 25th? Because uh, yeah. of the time change. So it was the night of the 25th they were running tests and then I maybe shortly after midnight that that the tests had triggered uh, a massive disaster. And so I think the, the story then and the story now was, quote unquote, power surge. Some, some, some sort of power surge had happened. So that's around the 26th, we'll say the morning of the 26th. They didn't make the announcement until the 28th. The only reason they made the announcement is because the U.S. and I think the Swedes, a number of people yeah, were like, Europe. They were like, hey, listen, (laughs) we, we, guys, we, we have Geiger counters. We know what's going on. And then Russia was like, uh, swamp gas. Uh, it's, 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 it's a solar flare. Uh, and then, okay, (laughs) maybe something happened. So there's a, that was a very interesting failure too, because the whole point of that reactor was we're going to dunk these control rods into the core to stop the reaction because these control rods absorb the isotopes or, and, and it's supposed to stop the nuclear reaction from going. But the problem is those, those carbon uh, control rods already had the, the isotopes on it. And so when they shoved them into it, you just like put a match to gasoline instead of controlling it and it yeah just the, the fail the fail safe protocol the thing that was supposed to shut everything down made everything a thousand times worse made made the the biggest disaster in the history of radiation but and we learned a lot they don't make reactors like that anymore so they yeah we learned we learned a lot from from the russians so thank you for that i i don't know i'm sorry i meant to look up the the final death toll on that but I can tell you that they eventually built a, a steel sarcophagus kind of thing mm-hmm. that went around that. And then I think the steel sarcophagus made it to something like 2016. And then they had a 19 or 20 mile exclusion zone. I guess my biggest disappointment is that we haven't seen a bunch of monsters crawl out of there. You know, you like know, a, like an eight foot sask, <laughs> like an eight foot uh, swamp swamp thing, like a swamp thing man. I know or, it, it, or, it killed or... quite a bit, but what's funny is I read an article like six months ago, and they were talking about the wildlife flourishing in the Chernobyl mm. region because yeah, yeah, yeah. they've adapted and can survive with whatever the radiation level is, and they don't have any humans hunting them or predators or things like that. Apparently, it's not as bad as everybody thought, which to me is insane. Number one, that's insane. And number two, like I said, I, I was hoping for more monsters just in the just in the interest of all the things that we grew up with. Spider-Man got bitten by a radioactive spider. 
and Swamp Thing. I don't three-eyed know. Fish I, three, three-eyed, three-eyed Fish in The Simpsons. Three-Eyed Fish in The Toxic Avenger, right? Mm-hmm. I just, I was, I was hoping there would be some, some more pageantry, some pageantry in the form of radioactive mutation, so something would crawl out. Um, but yeah, shame, shame on you, Russia, and and Tough Break. A and great, also, great series on HBO. So amazing series, but I, I also want to say that both, both of us know you, you and I, we both know that the oil barons, you know, the, the Rothschilds or whatever they're, they got in there at night and they're like, Oh, we're going to sabotage this nuclear energy is bullshit. So that's, that's, <laughs> I, that's, I'm 99% sure that there was either like a CIA thing or the oil, the oil overload over overlords, the Big oil. Uh, Illuminati lizard people, oil overlords. They just, they, they sabotaged it. And then that's, that's what happened. But Yes, Chernobyl, HBO from I, I watched it during COVID. That might have been, that might have been the best drama I watched all of COVID. Bravo yeah. to them, five five stars. The acting was great, the writing was great, all of it. I, I think it, people made fun of it because they were Russians, and they had British accents. There's, there's always, there's a lot of shows that do that. They land on British accents. I watched. Yeah. Well, I'm getting ahead Game, of myself. But... Game of Thrones. I was like, they have why, British why do they have Brit- this is like a made up land, right? Why don't you have a so, made up British? I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. You know, I watched, I watched Hunters, which is about hunting down these Nazis in the seventies. And a lot of the Nazis have British accents. So <laughs> the world has just landed on the British accent is the generic European accent, whether it's Russia, Chernobyl, or whatever. But yeah, Germans. that was the one. Chernobyl, amazing, amazing series. Great acting. Every episode. It, it was like a monster movie. Like, you know that concept from Alfred Hitchcock? It's not what you see, it's what you don't see. And I think Tarantino kind of carried that torch in, in many, many, many ways. Uh, so there was definitely that the, the concept of concept of radiation poisoning is just terrifying. That's a horrible, horrible way to die. Yeah. Um, so there there was always that, and I thought it was amazing series. But also, the the Russians had British accents. So I'm gonna have to get also you to prescribe that. me some iodine tablets just to have on hand in case something goes awry. <laughs> definitely want to have that. I know some people that made money when the Fujishima, Fuji, Fujishima, uh, the, the, uh, yeah, the, the Japanese, the, yeah, they, the they had their own problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The oil people, every time there's a nuclear plant, they're like, shut it down. And they'll, they'll go in there at, at night. <laughs> Call in they'll the find tsunami. Way, right. Call in. <laughs> they'll, they'll use their tsunami remote control. Just like, uh, put it on five. <laughs> April 28, 1945, Benito Mussolini was executed. Benito Mussolini El Duce, El, El that's, that's the leader. I thought, it, I thought it was Italian for the douche. <laughs> so here's something I didn't know. Uh, so this is the last days of the war, obviously. But Benito, Benito Mussolini is like, oh, shit, I better get out of here. The, uh, the Americans are coming and the Brits are coming. So he hauls ass for uh, uh, Switzerland. He hauls ass for the Swiss Alps or whatever. He takes his mistress with him. At this time, he's 61. How old Sean Esquire is Mussolini's 
mistress as he's on the run as a, as like the war criminal. Thirty-two. Like maybe... Yeah, man, thirty thirty-three nailed it. Okay, got nice. close. Got himself. I just like the fact that he went on the run with his mistress, and I don't know what it, with the wife. So is that is that like he loved the mistress that much that he's like, come on, we're going on the run, or he loved the wife that much that he's like, oh, uh, don't you better not come with me. I'm going to get murdered. Mm, I think he just loved the mistress. He liked the mistress that much. He didn't want to hear all the nagging and the bullshit from the wife. Like I told you that you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have invented fascism. She's just like nagging him the whole time. I'm gonna buy this forty-five dollar tumbler to show you. <laughs> Get these five thousand dollar Jimmy Choo shoes. So he made it. He, he made it all the way over there to the Swiss border, and then he was super slick. He's like, oh, I'm gonna disguise myself as a German German soldier because it's not like. He's known all over the world. Hey, that's Mussolini, and they and they were like, "Come on, dude, <laughs> that's a dumb disguise." <laughs> Plus, he's with his mistress, <laughs> and so they were just like, "Yeah," and they and they gunned him down with a machine gun. They're like, oh, hey, this is a war criminal, right? We should take him. Let's take him to the Hague. Let's uh, let's put him on trial in front. No, 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 no. Just <laughs> right there, machine gun him and the mistress. You really? You got to kill the mistress also? You know, him and being they, a big leader, he didn't have any bodyguards with him. He literally just man. up and gone. No, I think I think it was that bad. So the the U.S. and the Brits coming up through southern Italy and just driving, driving everyone out mm. and really making push. So this is April 1945, right? So this is four months before the atomic bomb. Yeah. And this is obviously right before, right before Hitler died, because that was Hitler's whole thing was he was like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be like Mussolini. Because what happened was they gunned down, so they they gunned down Mussolini and the mistress, that doesn't seem fair, uh, at the, at the Swiss border. Like, hey, we did it. We, we gunned down, we gunned down the monster. We got him. And like, okay. Wait, who uh, gunned him down though? uh, I, I think it was just some, some Italian revolutionaries okay i'm sure somewhere out there there's somebody that has like massive bragging rights mm-hmm. yeah i'm so i'm sorry i didn't do all of my homework so i covered i covered the important parts i got i got locked into the whole mystery story i'm sorry and then, so they they got him down and they said uh hey um let's take his body let's take both of their bodies again not fair to the mistress let's take their bodies uh, to Milan, right, for a fashion show because that's where the fashion shows happen. And they get him to Milan, and they and they hang him upside down in the town square, and they you know like uh, like deer when you go hunting. And so, and I think people were like throwing tomatoes and stuff at him, whatever. Uh, so because of that, flash forward to when Hitler was in his bunker, he was like, I do not want to be paraded around like Mussolini. And then probably probably Hitler was like, I'll, I'll just escape to Argentina. It'll no one no one will look for me. Or who knows? That, that was that's my again that's my reference to the show that I've been watching. So big big week big week for history. Bad guys died. Chernobyl happened. So uh, very thank you thank you for making me look all this. So I'm sorry I didn't. We I'm going to Mayakopa. Who actually gun gun him down? I'm going to assume that they don't uh, they don't name names, you know. Also, Maybe. we need to look up how old was his wife. 
<laughs> what if the wife was 25 and the mistress was 33 because right, like... <laughs> he, 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 he was he was 61 <laughs> yeah so... there's gonna be a lot to cover next week <laughs> yeah i gotta look up what happened to the wife or what did he did he tell her I'm going to go to the store and get some cigarettes. <laughs> just, just, just bolted. Uh, big, oh. day, big day in history for me, Dr. Blom. I passed yeah. the Texas bar exam. I thought uh, you were going to say you passed your AIDS test. I haven't taken it. So un, unknown results. Out of, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, you like you passed your you've been practicing all this time. You just took your bar. I just took it. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> this was 2015. So I did it kind of reverse order. Uh, most people have to graduate law school. Then you sit for the bar, get your results. Great. You can work as an attorney. I was still in my last semester of law school because I only had three hours to graduate or four. And uh, you can sit for the bar early if you're within so many hours of graduating. So I sat for the February bar exam got my results that I had passed today, 2015, and still had to go to law school through May to graduate oh. and then could get my license. Wow. But at that point, you're just like raising your hand and correcting the professor and like, actually, come on. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I know what I'm talking about now. No, um, so, which makes me wonder, it's, for you guys, for medical doctors, so bar exam, we only have two bars every year. You have one in February, one in July. So yeah. you can sit for either one as long as you meet the qualifications. For medical school, like, is it you graduate? I know you have your internship practical stuff. And then... Oh, man. For for doctor, doctor stuff, they love, they love to test us. They love... They love the scantrons. Mm. Uh, so you have what's called step one after your second year of medical school. So your first two years of med school are your your basic sciences. It's horrible. You you live in the library for two years, and that's all you do. And then at the end of that time, then you take your step one, which basically can green light you to go into your third year, which for physicians is it's like a clerkship, but you're you're in medical school. You're not getting paid. So then. You've taken step one. Now you can do your third year clerkships. Now you now you get to leave the library, kind of, and go work in the hospital and do all these rotations. So you do like six weeks of surgery and you know a month of pediatrics, a month of psych, and things like that. You you rotate through uh, six sort of main things, and the two big ones your third year is your surgical rotation and your what I do internal medicine, hospital medicine rotation. Those are the two, and then you have. Family medicine, pediatrics, psych, and OBG. And OBG is who wants to, who wants to do that? I, I, I used to do that. Uh, then you have to do a step two to get out of medical school. These are long exams. Where these are like eight-hour exams. They, they they suck. They're horrible. They're expensive. And then you do your step two. So you have to finish medical school one, and then you have to finish step one and step two. Now you are an MD, kind of, not okay. really. Now you have to go into a residency program, intern program, like you talked about. So your first year is intern year. You get into a program. There's a whole situation there. Do you get now paid you during residency? 
you get paid in residency, you get paid like 30 cents an hour or something, something horrible. It mm -hmm. is, it, I wish that was a joke, but when they actually went back and factored in the amount of hours you work and what you get paid, it is nowhere close to minimum wage. It's, it's horrible. So you're, you're making nothing in medical school, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then, and then you're making just enough in residency to, to not quit, not, not give <laughs> up on your, not, not give up on your dream. Uh, you, you make enough so that you can have black beans, garbanzo beans, and, and Rotel every day for four years. Uh, so then in residency, in, back in my day, you had the step three. Well, they still have the step three to get out. Back in my day, you had to take step three by the end of your residency program. I think now they're saying they want it done within the first year or two. Is so residency your... a year long or how long is residency? No, 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 no. So residency is your program. So uh, the minimum residency is three years, which oh, is what wow. I did. I, I, three, three. These are these are not good years. These are all the nightmares that you've heard about the uh, forty-eight hour shifts and things like that. They have pumped the brakes on. So they have duty hour restrictions now and all that. Uh, I I kind of came on right. I wait. I, I was kind of finishing right when that stuff was starting. So they were trying it out about halfway like well maybe we should make these guys work 150 hours a week but we we still slept in the hospital all the time and uh and and did all that so did you do your residency then, in texas i did my residency in miami and i loved it okay. it was great i loved it I, I did uh jackson memorial hospital which is essentially the county hospital out there so this this is god's people gangbangers salt of the earth, you name it. I, I look back on it. You don't realize it at the time because you're so crazy busy. You're in the hospital all the time. You're, you're sleep deprived a lot. It's, it's not, uh, it, it, it's not the most conducive for mental health, but you're, you're just living it and living it and living it. So you don't really, and then you get away from it and then you get in private practice and then you're just like, Oh, I learned, I learned a lot. You see things that other people might not, might not know. So I, I loved it. I, I loved Miami, loved Miami, all of it. So those were, those were great years for me, even though it was crazy stressful. So then you In take your, your test. Yeah. So, yeah. So then you have, you have, so residency could be three years, depending on general surgery is five years. If you want to be a brain surgery, if you want to be a brain surgeon, your residency is like eight, nine years. That's the longest one. Then there's, there's always fellowships that you can tag on. Um, so, uh, you know, like ER is three years. Uh, I, I, I almost did ER. I really fell in love with ER. Uh, then after you do residency, so they have fellowships. So for example, if you do five years general surgery residency, then most people, when they get done, they do a fellowship. So they'll do plastics, plastic surgery, vas vascular. So orth ortho is its own thing. Um, that's its own thing. If you can get in, that's very, very tough. So yeah, there are a number of fellowships depending on the residency that you do. So the, the big ones like cardiology, nephrology, heart doctors, kidney doctors, lung doctors, they do three years of internal medicine and then they, then they do at least three years of whatever else. This is all after eight years of school, by the way. So, so it's eight years of school. And then like, if you want to be a heart doctor then you have three years of internal medicine, hospital medicine, uh, and then you do three years of cardiology, and then you can do fellowship beyond that and do something like electronic, uh, electric 
physiological studies, which is the guys that like check out pacemakers and things like that. So there's always a potential to do more training if you want to really, really run yourself through the ringer. To get out of residency, you need to do your step three, and then you can finally take your boards after all of after eight years of school and all those years of training and sleepless nights and missing birthdays and funerals and everything. Then you can finally sit for your boards. And so my my boards were family medicine, and on luckily on my boards you kind of have a, a choice of things that you can focus on because way back in the day I was sort of leaning more towards delivering babies. And now I'm strictly a hospital guy. And so I did my, you did your, you did your bar in 2015. Mm-hmm. I did my boards in 2015. I put it off as long as I possibly could until they said, Hey, come on, take your, take your exam. <laughs> because when you, when you get out, like there's a, none of the jobs were like, you need, you need to get it done. They were just like, you're board eligible. Right. Like, I am board, I am board eligible. They're like, well, as long as you do it within the allotted time, then do it. And I think the, a lot of time was like four or five years. So I waited, I got so busy. As soon as I got out, I like hit the floor running. So then I got to a point where like, Oh, Oh no, the time <laughs> is running out. So the same year. So, so for me, it was 2015 was the same thing. How long is the so board? You, uh, it's, it's not, I don't think it's eight hours. It's uh it's long. It's a long, it's a long, painful day for sure. And I studied for months and then plus, you know, for that, I was like working and studying and working and studying. So I, w- I want to say at least six hours. It might be a full eight hours. But I can tell you, uh, step three is two days because it's because it's so horrible. You have this like eight hour exam, right? And then you finish and you're like, oh, my God, my brain is mush. And then you want to go like you want to go have beer and pizza and just and you're like, oh, I I got to come back tomorrow. Ah, no. It's so horrible that you have to come back the next day and do I, like another, another oh, four or five hours. Oh, it's so painful. Oh, my God. I mean, that's how that's how the, the you know, law of t- taking the bar exam is, you, you know, Tuesday is, is, is a half day. So it's a four hour exam. You come back Wednesday for the multi-state uh, hundred question, you know, multiple choice that's an eight hour day four in the morning four hours in the afternoon and then you got to come back thursday for another eight hour day of 12 essays so oh you had to crank out 12 essays yes so they'll give you like you know one section will cover family law they'll have two questions on family law they could have bankruptcy um you'll have property rights like wills and estates property rights um is is it like a hundred word essay 200 word essay is it long or it's probably a couple pages because the way they tell you to do it when you're going through bar prep is okay you're going to read this fact pattern family law right couples divorcing they've got these assets um and then they're going to ask you know a specific question um that'll you know because the one i remember doing was the husband and wife were supposed to split his stock bond stuff and they decided okay he's not gonna sell it right now because the stock was going up he's gonna sell it in 2010. well he they agree to that he decides not to it's now 2014 what can the wife do 
well, you've got two year statute of limitations to file an enforcement on that order. So she's outside of the scope of, so basically you have to put like under Texas law, you have two years to file for an enforcement. Then you apply it to the fact pattern, then you explain it, and then you give a conclusion statement again. So all they wanna know is your first sentence is, no, she cannot recover because she's outside the statute of limitations. Next paragraph, Texas law states, and then put your statute information in and then your gotcha. applicable stuff. So it can be short. Some of them can be a little longer depending on fact patterns, but yeah, you're writing 12 essays uh, back to back to back. Uh, that sounds uh, painful. We had the, the only good part on the, you know, I talk about the step three is the second day when you go back, we have something kind of similar like that. We used to joke about calling it choose your own adventure. Do you remember those books when you were a kid? Oh, and, skip and, to and, page 86. <laughs> right. So step three has this choose your own adventure. Uh, so everyone has to take step three, whether you're going to be a pathologist or brain surgeon or OBG or whatever. And so day two of step three is you go back and they give you a scenario. This patient comes into the ER, you know, they're bleeding. What do you, and they have just all of these um, like tabs up top. You know, mm -hmm. do you want to, do you want to get a chest x-ray? Do you want to order these labs? Do you want to do that? That is all I do. That is my life is dude comes in with X, Y, Z. What do you want to do first? What do you want to ask? Do you want to go back? And I, and I was just, you know, swimmingly, oh, okay. This is uh, a, <laughs> this is not so, because step one was horrible. It's so like the minutia of the detail of the bio, biochemistry is not so bad, but it's got, physiology, okay. infectious pa disease. And... Patient comes in with severe red burns on his skin and says he just left Chernobyl. What do right. you want Could to be. do? <laughs> got an HIV test for sure. Yeah, so it gets to be, as you get through all of those exams, that kind of gets, gets down to what you do, what you actually do. So step one is very, very minutia, basic sciences. And step two is a little bit more clinical. And step three is... Um, is much more clinical. So my friends that are pathologists and they don't see patients, they're down in the lab chopping up livers and, and looking at livers and going, that's hepatocellular carcinoma. They don't know what the hell a guy comes in with a rash on his hand. They're like, uh, I don't know, to get a biopsy, put it in, put it under a microscope. So <laughs> that's the that's the only good thing is as, as horrible as a lot of those exams are, they do get better and you get to a point where you're like, okay, this is actually ap applicable to what I do. This, I so don't, once you're, I don't, once, I, once you're done, they mail you a card says, Oh your... yeah. Oh yeah, man. You have the, you have the computer. They have the day that, Hey, your results are up and you go in the backyard and you drink. I, I used to smoke back then. Uh, and, uh, you know, I drink like a bottle of wine and just like chain smoking and just like looking <laughs> at my laptop. Cause, because I think the other thing is that you can only take it, you know, two or three times and then you can't take it again for like a decade. There's some, wow. there's some rule. Yeah. There's some rule that you can't just take it and take it and take it and take it. And at some point they're like, okay, you, you can't be a doctor, man. That's, so they, that's do, enough. Do they only schedule it at certain times of the year, like the bar exam or is it open? So I'm trying to think it's been a long time on the step one, two, three, you know, it's just kind of like everyone's taking it around the same time. So I do remember, oh, they have a clinical thing for step two to get out of medical school which is basically like a patient interaction. Oh, I, I had to fly to California for that one. I hated it because I was a medical student. I didn't have any money. And then they, they just observe you 
you know, with this face, fake patient interaction and you're asking, you know, uh, what brings you in and when did the chest pain start and does it radiate? What makes it better? So you just I, go in there I, and go, I can tell you what's wrong. They're not breathing. I think that that, that part of it is just to weed out the super geniuses that are, that are basically autistic and they can't function in society, but they're just really, really good at exams. Mm -hmm. I think that that's what that there's people out there that are just amazing with standardized exams. But if you put them in front of another human, they're like, Oh, <laughs> so I think, I think that's part of it just to make sure that you're a regular person. But yeah, uh, I, the short answer is yes. I think that there are a certain amount of times, but I don't think it's twice a year. But God, yeah, I, 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 I remember exactly sitting in my backyard with my laptop. I think I had a bottle of wine. I smoked cigarettes back then. I was just freaking, I was sick to my stomach. I didn't want to open it. I wanted, I have to open it. So yeah, that I still remember that day. Yeah, I, I know there were very few, if any other than me, that sat for the bar early for my graduating class. But it is always nice in graduation when you just kind of like, they call your name and I can look over and laugh. I'm like, <laughs> I'm already a lawyer now. <laughs> but you were just really like, you were just that ready. That's awesome. Yeah. It kind of worked out because I decided to leave my previous career in December to sit for the February bar. And I knew, okay, I'm literally going to study eight hours a day, except for Sundays. Uh, I, that was like my watch football. Don't, don't worry about studying, but yeah, I buried myself in books and bar prep stuff for eight hours a day. Um, yeah, for my for, for my board boards uh, after step one, two, three, then I had taken an online class. I worked something crazy. It was like it was like four thousand questions. Like I did an entire question book, and then I signed on for this online thing, and they had another two thousand questions or something like that. So I I just worked questions and questions and looked stuff up, and because because like I said. At that point, I've done eight years of school. I've done three years of residency. I've been working in hospitals. So if I don't pass this damn thing, it's all for nothing. It yeah. all goes. It all goes away. So it was just like I. I have to. I have to do it. Yeah. So when you when you have that kind of fear, that is the best motivator. I always think about that, like getting in shape. Like I need some kind of like that level of fear you're gonna have like, a heart attack if you don't right. start exercising if, if you don't bench press 500 pounds and you're gonna you know well now that we your balls are gonna fall off now that we've bored all of our <laughs> listeners with sorry sorry everybody. law school med school talk um, we're, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and we'll come back and then we've got uh what do you current events current events and we've got we've got even bigger things going on and we are back. Welcome back to a doctor and a lawyer walking to a podcast. Sean Esquire and I were just reminiscing on med school years, law school years. And I will tell you, uh, I probably will not sleep later on because I'll have P PTSD that I think about med school. First year of med school, you get a cadaver with three other people. So those are called your tank mates because your cadaver is in this huge tank. Yeah. So for... Uh, anatomy lab anatomy exams were insanely long so anatomy is not hard in and of itself it's just the most amount of information that you've ever had to take in in a short period of time ever in your life ever so it's not like nuclear physics where you have to deduct things you just have to have an insane memory and you're just you're in there all the time so 
anatomy lab, the reason why I say PTSD, anatomy lab exams, there's the written portion, uh, which is insanely long. And then you, and then you go on down to cadaver lab and you go down to cadaver lab. And so there's, there's, we had a class of 250 cadavers. And then they usually have like some bones laying around and some x-rays, things like that. The cadavers all have like a pin in them, right? And um, so these are cadavers that we work on during the week. And then people find things like, oh, this guy found, this is the best example of a sipital nerve. And, and then they, that'll be on the exam probably. So anyway, so they have pins in these and you have like a minute, a minute to go around. So you have this blank sheet, like one through a hundred or whatever, one through at least it was more than 50 for sure. So anyway, so you go to this, you go to this cadaver and I have a pin sticking in something and then you're just looking and you're trying to get your landmarks. Okay. So that's, that's probably the aorta over there. And that's the latissimus dorsi. So I just got to look at these big features and try to hold it. It's probably a nerve. It's a blank page. And then it makes this horrible noise. It goes, and then you got to go to the next section. So you'll be like, (laughs) you'll be three sections away. And you're like, Oh, I got, I got it. I got it. And then it goes, it's just, it's not a ding. It's not a nice noise. (laughs) And, And you just had to hit and run. That's what we did. Those, that was stressful. I wanted to ask you about your first year, your, your first year. I'm, I'm going to forego current events. I want to hear about your first year in private practice because that's, that's such a big thing for everyone. It's uh, like anything, biggest learning curve you've ever done. Learning curve. Exactly. Because you have a leap from the book to real life. Yeah. So, and and at least tremendous. Okay. At least for you, you got to play with a cadaver, like, in law school we didn't get to play with the district attorney's office so like you know you get (laughs) you get out and it's like uh okay you get a you know which is different for hospitals but you know we started our own practice me and a business partner uh guy that i went to high school with he went to kansas law school he worked at a da's office up there of course my background i was police so we both had criminal you know law knowledge from our previous career paths and uh you don't you know the first thing you don't know is like how am i going to make any money like where do i get clients from uh is somebody just going to show up and knock on our front door and be like hey i killed a guy i need representation um cool commercials you got to get cool commercials right that that's where we've lacked off no um so we we did some advertising uh ended up our first client was like a misdemeanor theft case. And it was like, great signs. I got a court date on this date. David nor myself had ever been to the Dallas County criminal courthouse uh, for, you know, representing somebody. So it's like, what do we do? Just show up. Oh my God. Just show up to court on that day. And uh, (laughs) like, like literally you have no idea. Um, You know, so, the biggest thing I learned was ask questions to the clerks and the court coordinators. Don't look like an idiot in front of the judge, but you can go to the clerk. You can go to the coordinator. Hey, I'm new to this. What do I need to do? They're going to tell you, you know, you need to file a letter of representation. So that goes on file with the court. So the court knows this defendant's represented by this firm and go talk to the DAs. You got to get discovery. So they're probably going to ask for a thumb drive or email. Uh, now we have a whole defense portal for it, but they turn over discovery. 
you have a pass slip. So you put the next court date on there. Usually it's a month out and then 30 you days. You have a bunch to... of papers and then you have more papers and then you got to do more papers. Yes. Yes. There's Ugh. no shortage of paperwork. Uh, but very, you know, one of my, one of my first cases that the lady came to talk to me on was her daughter had gotten charged with like a home invasion robbery. And of course I'm like fresh out of law school. Like I've never done a felony case. I've barely handled a misdemeanor theft case. And now you want me to, you know, but they were adamant. They, they wanted me to do it. And you know how to read reports, you know, the law, like, you know, what to look for. You just don't know all the practical aspects of what the hell do I do when I get to the courthouse? Where do I go? What paperwork do I need? Um, it was, yeah, it was a huge, huge learning curve of figuring all that out. Now it's all second nature, you know, but I've been doing it for eight years. Um, With me, we have, we have the, detailed information by the time you get out of training you've done it so much that that you have the medical knowledge right the biggest problem i feel especially that first year all of the intangibles all of the things that they don't teach you in medical school how to run a practice how to work with your partners uh when you do have staffing meetings and you have you know all of the stuff that, that goes into it was just myself and two other guys and so these guys had been there for a long time. They had it fairly running like a machine, but it was my first year out. So first day on the job, they hand me a page of, I don't know, 15 patients. And like, there you go. Those are your people for the day. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to make some decisions. <laughs> Just keep and, them alive. Uh, <laughs> so I, I do remember that first year, there was one moment where I was in the, because I worked crazy hours the first couple of years. Um, it was mostly just the three of us running this building every now and then we would get a, a fourth guy to come in. I remember sitting in the ICU at like two in the morning one night and I was just like, I, I don't know if I had four or five patients there. I got called in because one of them was not doing well. And I was just sitting there. God, all right. You're that guy now. <laughs> and, and I got a lot of shit my first year. I, I, I looked young. This is many moons ago. Uh, I didn't have the beard, and so that first year out, it was a lot of uh, this guy's too young to be a doctor. <laughs> it was they oh they called me the kid. They called me the kid for like two years when I left that job. I was like, <laughs> that was... no one can call me that anymore. I was like, I did, I did, I took calls so often those those first two years. It was basically like residency all over again. But that was my nickname use... at the police department. When I when I was off, I was off. Mm -hmm. that yeah. was the first time in my life that was my first time in my life like once you did four million exams and all of this eventually the system is like all right go go get work done yeah. like we'll, we'll we'll see you in five years you, you said these hospitals it would say your your board uh what'd you call it eligible eligible and board certified so if you're board eligible could you literally go start your own practice yes that's a scary thought, right? So you could literally like throw up your own shingle, like Dave's family practice, but this guy hasn't sat for his boards. If you do it within the first four years out of residency. Wow. So when, when I, th I think most programs are four. when you get out, you have a, you have four or five years 
uh, to knock it out. Is that pretty so, uncommon? Docs just start their own family practice on their own? Well, people, you know, there's a whole thing with office space and all of that. I work hospitals. So from day one, I have never had to lease space. Right. Uh, I, I will get on a plane. And Your clients come to you. Get to a hotel, uh, throw on my stethoscope, go to work. And then, you know, my overhead is laptop and just, just basics people that deal with Black office beans, stuff and, and yes, Tupperware. people that deal with leasing office space and equipment and all that, God bless them. That's, that sounds like a lot, but from day one, uh, I, I go to the hospital, I see everybody and then I go home and sometimes it's long. And then, but at first year, the biggest thing was time off was time off. Like I wasn't, I wasn't doing presentations for my department. You know, in residency, you have M and M, which is morbidity and mortality. So you do a presentation on a case, one of your patients died, and the whole department is there, and they go through the whole thing, and like, well, you could have done this. So the the big guns, you know, there's like the three or four big department kung fu masters. They're in the front row, and they are grilling you, and your friends are in the back. Friends aren't gonna. They're laughing at you. <laughs> can't say anything. They're just like, "Oh man, I'm glad it's not me." And so it's just like, you know, why didn't you? Did you think about this? And um, yeah, so you, you do things like that. And then the first year, then you get out, and off time, you're like, "Uh, I guess I'll, I'll try to knit. I'll take up knitting." You know, you don't know what to do. <laughs> you're just lost, you're like a wild animal in the wilderness. But th- they don't do those same boards when you save somebody, huh? That just good job it's residency is you you're awake all the time and then you know you go back to your crappy condo and they're like hey when you go home put a powerpoint together just throw (laughs) one together like i've been awake for a long time i want to go to the beach i live in miami they're like you don't need all that just go home and put together like like a 30 minute powerpoint on anemia can you do like maybe iron deficiency anemia any anemia you you follow your heart you pick whatever like no don't try to make it sound fun. Oh. So there was always there was always this this lurking thing that you wanted to stay on top of things. And yeah, then see, you finally you, you get handed a little bit of a life and you're like, all right, that's yeah. pretty nice. Yeah, it's it's you know, I will say the most fun moment I think I ever had was my first day on my own when I graduated the academy for the police department and got through field training and now it's like all right this this is your district for today you get your squad car keys and you get in and there's no training officer next to you and you're like i don't want to screw up anything but i can drive as fast as i want now and no one cares <laughs> like i couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine did you, did you rock out did you have a did you have your like work playlist oh yeah i didn't at first um because you're so like I got to make sure I hear it on the radio and, and you're focused on that. But after a while, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like six, six months. I was like, I'm going to listen to my, back then we had headphones. I was mm-hmm. like, I listen to my headphones while I uh, knock out all these charts. Um, <laughs> and you're literally uh, like, you get to a call and it's nowadays I would look at it and be clear cut. No questions asked, rest the guy, go to jail. But when you're first cut loose, you're always like, Oh yeah, th- this is a crime. I I can arrest for the. I think so. I'm not going to get sued, am I? No, I'm just. I'll go ahead. I, I'll double check the statute. Okay, we're good. 
and I take him to jail. But it's just like you double, you question yourself so much, and you don't oh, yeah. you don't yeah, yeah, know yeah. what you're doing for a good two years. That yeah, I think first year for sure. First year coming out every night, I would sit on my porch, and so back then, uh, I, I had a small house just a few blocks from the hospital. And so when I got out of training, I just lived hospital life for those first two years. And every single night that first year, probably those first two years, I would think, what am I doing that I should not be doing? Or what am I not doing that I should be doing? And I would just think about those two things all the time. And I would run charts in my head. So in the olden times, you could come to the hospital like a year after I saw you. And I would know your name and your diagnosis. And I would remember so much because I was just thinking about work all the time. Now, if you're just like chest pain guy, like how many chest pains have I seen? Things like that, that kind of just blur together. But yeah, I remember that I don't, I didn't sleep a lot that first year, you know, even though that the system finally said, Hey, here you go. Uh, I did in theory, I did a, a week on week off back in those days, not always, but I would take off and go see my old friends in Miami. Uh, but that being said, I was still stressing about work, like all those years for this. So that myself that I remember the first year for sure, barely slept, constantly worried, running every patient through my head and this and this, did, did I get the CAT scan? Did I do that? So yeah, uh, I, I, I remember those, those long nights. Oh, it doesn't change any different law. I still stress about cases, um, but they're, you know, it's kind of an ongoing process for months and months and months. So uh, all to get res resolution on one day, hopefully. But well, I want to end it with, uh, have you, have you had any really outstanding atypical cases recently? That's going to be our current events. Outstanding atypical cases. Just the things that are like, oh, I haven't seen one of these in a while, or oh. Um, you know what I am seeing that's got me kind of upset? <laughs> and I've had two of these come in now in the last like six months, well, probably four months, is I had, I've got two clients charged with criminal offenses that occurred inside of a mental health facility while they were in a mental health crisis. And Is it the same facility? Same facility. Oh, man, that's not good for them. One was charged with an assault for apparently hitting another patient. And the other one is a criminal trust or no, I'm sorry, criminal mischief for damaging some type of door in the facility. And I'm just like, why are we punting these to the district attorney's office when this is what your job is, right? Like you deal with mental health patients who are having mental health crisis episodes. Why are you? calling the police to take this person to jail when the help they need is not the county jail like it's it's in a mental health facility um so there's been two of those that uh i don't know if there's going to be more coming down the pipeline but i think at some point that's something that needs to be brought to somebody's attention out in the the media sphere about what's going on oh they're going to take care of it Media sphere is the best, <laughs> but yeah, they are all over it. I I've had uh, some young people in the last couple of weeks that are way too sick for that for that young. And also, uh, here's here's something that's great. 
uh, I'm getting at that age now where I have patients that are younger than me for an, uh, ever and ever. I had, you know, I have a great deal of patients that are either in the last chapter of their life or definitely geriatric years. Mm -hmm. And so uh, to at a certain point start having more and more patients younger than me, <laughs> that's such a palpable, very visceral, hey, don't forget about mortality. All right. <laughs> you got me again. Uh, so what's is is when you said young people getting sick, is this like different illnesses or there's something contributing to forty five year old with a massive heart attack, a thirty eight year old with a stroke. Um, yeah. Oh, so I, I the am conspiracy in, I theorist am... would ask about the vaccine status. <laughs> I am in and around SA in the last couple of weeks and the uh, SA I'm very worried about you a lot. I'm I will be losing sleep over SA for sure. I'm constantly just trying to put out good vibes like hey, let's let's cut down on the on the sugar a little bit. That's nice. Hmm. Um yeah, it's it's a lot a lot is going on. And again, I love SA for so many reasons. Um the food is just that good. I totally get it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, can't eat, can't eat that amazing Mexican food four times a day. Got to get it down like like once a day. Well, Doctor Blom, hopefully I'll have some good meal for us to talk, talk about this next week. Um, I hope it's muy caliente. Muy caliente. I've been, I've, I'm yes. Playing, I'm, in, I'm, I'm playing caliente mode. I'm playing golf on on Monday. Uh, I do have a couple shows to or to. With, cover next week. what'd you shoot do you do 18 holes oh I'm, holes I'm playing monday in a scramble so it's you know golf and drinking drinking and golf that sounds rough but it's gonna be high of 75 degrees it's gonna be perfect so, all right i gotta get into golf i'm gonna i don't know i want to go uh shoot shoot skeet yes when you did when are you coming back up here to to north texas uh as soon as possible okay keep me keep me in the loop and uh barbecue barbecue shotgun skeet and then i got and then driving range maybe. i can't i can't do the putting i can't do the fairway That's yeah too much headache well, no, i don't have the patience uh bucket of beer bucket of balls driving range and then uh we'll shoot some skeet let's go perfect do it. all right everyone we'll see you next week thank you for listening take care everybody bye